Welcome back to Sins Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2. It reads, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They're upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. As we jump in here to 2 Timothy chapter 2, we encounter a passage that is rich with images and pictures of what it looks like for a believer to be walking according to the calling that they have. And so Paul gives these different admonitions and encouragements for Timothy throughout this passage. And it's one that's very special to me because the student ministry that I served at uses one of the verses from here as their theme verse for their ministry. And so that's what I'd love for us to focus in on. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, that says, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And as we develop this passage for them, we looked at the fact that this is a very appropriate pursuit for students. And so their ministry was called Pursuit Student Ministry. It actually still is called Pursuit Student Ministry as they continue to challenge students to pursue the things of the Lord. And that pursuit also involves them putting off and then pursuing things. And so as you think about that, there's obviously a preparation that takes place for most activities that you do. If you're going to go on a run, you're going to prepare, you're going to do some stretching, you're going to do some different little agility things. You're going to make sure that you have the energy as far as the nutrients to be able to 
complete that task, especially if you're running a long distance, you're going to want to make sure that you've prepared for that. And so the preparation for the pursuit here in this verse is that they flee the youthful passions. And so the things that the world is pursuing that are not ending up in the actual end game of what they're trying to do are things that need to be set aside. Obviously, if you're going to run a race, you don't want to put your backpack on to run the race. You want to take your backpack off because you don't need the extra weight. You don't need the extra things that are going to hinder you from being able to accomplish your goal. So fleeing or setting aside the youthful passions that we have is the first step towards actually pursuing God. Then you're able to pursue righteousness because you've set aside the things that are hindering you from that. You've set aside the things that are clouding your vision, that are clouding your thoughts, that are keeping you from being able to see where you're supposed to be going. If you were here with us at Ascend Church this last Sunday, Pastor Jeff talked about the smoke that comes up from the pit and the way in which Satan is clouding our vision and making it so that we're not able to live and to see and to be the way we're supposed to be because of his efforts against us. And so after we've fled these youthful passions, we pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. This is a huge verse that's talking about the fact that we're going to live in community with those who are desiring to make the same pursuit. It's much easier to do something when you have someone else to do it with you. It doesn't really matter even what that task is, but it's much easier to do difficult tasks when somebody else is there because they're there to encourage you. They're there to support you. Sometimes they're even there to tell you how you're doing things wrong. If you think about the fact that many people who go to the gym, they go with a friend and they do that together. And as they work through that, hopefully there's even a coach or a mentor or somebody else who's there to help you say, hey, you know what? You're kind of doing this lift wrong. You need to actually spread your hands out further or or spread your base out so that you're actually able to carry the weight here. And so those people are coming alongside you. They're doing that out of the goodness of who they are, and they're helping you to reach the end goal of what you're trying to do. And so as a student ministry, they felt, hey, this is a huge verse. If our students can understand this, that if they can understand to set aside these things so that they can pursue the righteousness of God, then that they do that by dwelling on their faith, growing in their love, creating an atmosphere and a desire for peace and living within the genuine community of believers, then they will be setting themselves up for the opportunity to see the gospel seeds that are planted grow to maturation and expand the kingdom where they're at. And so I believe that this is a great thing for us to dwell on today to think about, are we setting aside the passions that we have that set themselves up against what we're trying to achieve? Are we willing to set those aside and are we willing to pursue righteousness and surrounding ourselves by others who were doing that to help us along our way, to help us be motivated to continue the pursuit when it's hard, to help encourage us and strengthen us and edify us and build us up as we seek to become the men and women that God desires for his kingdom work. And so today, dwell on that, reflect on that. Think about who those people are in your life that are helping you to live on mission for the Lord. As far as a question from this passage, I want us to focus back on verses 11 through 13. It's here that we have this trustworthy saying that has parallel thoughts that are broken up by the fourth thought. It says there, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, he will also reign with us. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 
And it's kind of a confusing thing that's going on here because as you walk through this, you see these parallel thoughts and you see, okay, if we do this, he does this. If we do this, he does this. If we do this, he does this. But the last one says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. And some people could look at that and say, okay, if we lack our faith, he is going to continue to be who he is, and he's going to be able to do what he desires to do because of his faithfulness. And while that's true, I don't think that that's the point of this verse, because this verse is saying if we are faithless in terms of if we are lacking faith, then we're going to understand that he is going to be remaining faithful to judge us for what is there. Because we need to look at the context of what's going on here. The context sets up the fact that Paul is talking about his imprisonment for the gospel. In verse 10, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So the focus here is on salvific work of God. This phrase in this passage is actually extending its teaching on that. If we lack faith, he remains faithful to bring about judgment. He remains faithful if we have faith to allow us to have that salvation that is there. So our faith determines our salvation, and our lack of faith determines our judgment. And so while we might be tempted to look at this verse and say, hey, if we're faithless, God's going to be faithful. That's a great promise of the scriptures, but that's not what this teaching is focused on. We have to see that it's further explaining and developing the thought that was present in verse 10. And so if we pull verses out of their context, we're in danger of making them say the things that we want them to say rather than what they intended for the original audience and for us as well. And so while the truth this time can be found in other scriptures, we can dwell on the faithfulness of God, we need to understand that the faithlessness that's focused on here is actually the lack of our salvific beliefs that lead to our judgment, which is why he cannot deny himself but continues to judge and to be who he is because he upholds the standard of righteousness in life. So as you walk through this passage, there's other questions that you could have. Uh, One of the words that pops out on this page that some people might want to look into is gangrene. You might also want to look into Hymenaeus and Philetus, the other false teachers, different things like that. As you do that, remember, you may not find exactly what you're looking for with every question. But as you walk through these questions, the focus is upon you looking into the scriptures, you speaking with others, having conversations that are able to point you back to the heart of the gospel, that are able to expand your understanding of what God is trying to do in your midst so that you grow each day into the image and likeness of Christ. Know today you are loved.